Good morning, everybody. Welcome. We're a few minutes late, but here we are. It's good to see you. So um, I want to speak about looking to the unseen, it's something that we all know. It's something that is not a new word, um, but let it be fresh today. And in your heart, um, just make a decision to be focused on the face of Jesus. Be focused on what He called you to do. Be focused on the promises that He has for you instead of to be focused on what's going on in the world around you. So when we look to Him, we have peace. And there's life coming from His face and glory coming from His face. But uh, when we look to the stuff around us, what happens is we, uh, we start to we get swallowed up by the things, okay? And fear starts creeping in, and the peace starts going. And if the, the, the joy and the peace is gone, uh, then your effectivity in the, in the kingdom is, is, is down. Let me put it like that. Because the kingdom is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. All right, so uh, when, when we look to the face of Jesus... Nothing is impossible. When we look to the face of Jesus, we have rest, we have joy, we have peace. Okay, so whatever this person thinks of you, forget it. Whatever that person thinks, what, what will this look like, that look like, doesn't matter. The question is, what does Jesus look like? And if I look to Jesus, I will look like him. And whatever unrenewed minds think of that picture is not my problem. <laughs> as long as I actually demonstrate and show and reflect, reflect the truth and the light. So if people don't recognize the light as the light, it's not my problem. If I start focusing on them, not recognizing the light, then I will not look at the light so, and then I will not reflect the light. If I'm offended about what people say about the truth and about the glory of God, then, then I will be distracted and I will not see the fullness of what I can see. But if I'm just focused on Jesus, not having a care in the world about what this one or that one might think, then I have peace, I have joy, and the glory of God shows and is a demonstration to them. Right? So... so um, it's just something that is on my heart. So, hello, Dini, it's good to see you. Hello, Janine, on this lovely, fresh morning. Yes, it's uh, quite rainy and so on. Hello, Liffy, Lenay, it's good to meet the scene. All right, so uh, I want to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So, uh, he then he, starts, he speaks of the glory that's illuminating our hearts and shining from the face of Jesus Christ. And, and then he says we have this, this precious treasure, not in frail humans of... Uh, uh, we possess this precious treasure in frail humans of flesh so that the grandeur and the excellency can be shown to be from him and not of ourselves. And then he speaks about the persecution. We are struck down but not destroyed and persecuted but not abandoned, etc. But so now we start looking at what we do in the midst of whatever situation. Verse 13, he says, Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I have believed and therefore I have, have I spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. So we speak because we believe. 
We don't speak because we see what's going on around us. Can't you see what's going on in the country? I can see what's going on in the spirit. I'd rather say that. I can see what's going on in the spirit of God. I'd rather say that. And if we speak that, if we believe that and speak that, then that becomes the reality and we start changing the realities that, that people fear all the time. Verse 14. Assured that he who raised up Jesus will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. For all these things are taking place for your sake, so that the more grace and divine favor, etc., extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many, the more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. So if more people get grace, more people will thank God. Okay, verse 16. Therefore, we do not become discouraged. How many people have become discouraged this year and last year? How many people have become discouraged with things happening, you know, like uh, people losing their jobs, people losing their, their contracts, people, you know, there's a lot of people that lost their income in this time. <clears throat> there's a lot of people who has had a lot of difficulty in this time. But he says we do not become discouraged, okay? So this is the secret of not becoming discouraged. Okay, he says, utterly spiritless, etc., exhausted. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day after day. Now, the context is persecution, but you can extend it easily to anything else that you, that you go through because of the next two verses. All right? So just think of this. Our light momentary affliction is this slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations a vast and transcendent glory and a blessedness never to cease. So, people quote this verse in isolation, not reading the next verse, and they think they have to suffer to get something from God. But you have to read the next verse. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. So it's not in suffering, but in looking. It's not in what you go through. It's what you look at in the midst of what you're going through. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporal, brief, fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. So I like this about Bill Johnson. He says it's always good to have a, an eternal perspective. You know, you know, when you look at stuff that's going on around you, or, um, you know, momentary things, you can easily get swallowed up by it. But if you, get this, if you keep this eternal perspective, eternal perspective is sobering and it helps you with short-term decision-making as well. <laughs> so make your short-term decisions with an eternal perspective. It will help. Okay, so, um, so he says, our light momentary reflection is producing a greater weight of glory as we Look, now where did this looking narrative start in 2 Corinthians? It says here in verse 18, 
All of us as with unveiled face, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, all of us with unveiled face because we continue to behold or look in the word as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image. So it's still the same letter. So in the midst of what you're going through, keep on looking to the spirit, to the face of Jesus and see the glory, see the image and you're transformed into his image. So he says this on top of that. Okay, so then 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4, God of this world has blinded the unbelievers. Verse 6, God has, who has said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge and the majesty of the glory of God that is, as is manifest in the person revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. So that means the gospel, the illuminating light of the gospel, shines in our heart as we keep on looking, all right? We see the face of Jesus, unveiled face, not looking to the law and the Moses external rules, but looking to the face of Jesus. We're looking to the cross, which is the door. The veil that was rent is the body of Christ that was torn apart. That's Hebrews 10, verse 19 and 20, like we've said a million times. So when we look to the cross, we see him. When we look with unveiled face through the cross, we see the Lamb on the throne. We see the glory of God shining out from Him. We see the, the glory manifest in the person Christ, shining from His face, and it illuminates our hearts. So in the midst of what you're going through, look, 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 look. <laughs> look to the unseen until the unseen becomes seen upon you. Okay? Right, so Hebrews chapter 12. So it's such a simple word. Hey, Pastor Benny from Joburg, bless you. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. I was, we were talking about you the other day. We were wondering how it's, how it's going with you. Bless you, Pastor Benny. All right, so Hebrews chapter 12 says, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses we have born, who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance and unnecessary weight and that sin which so readily, deftly, and clearly clings to and entangles us. So there's unnecessary weights that comes upon you by watching news. There's unnecessary weights that comes upon you by, you know, in your heart and your mind watching stuff, you know, uh, looking to your own failures, looking to your own temptations, looking to your own troubles, looking to your own shortcomings, all right? Unnecessary weights and that sin that so cleverly clings to and entangles us. Okay, so we have to look away from those things. We have to look away from what you can perceive in the touch, feel, see realm, from, from your reality in this natural realm. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. So there's a race set before you. There's a race set before me. Each one has a different race. All right? So you have to run the race to win the prize that is set before you. And I have to run the race to win the prize that is set before me. And if I run my race... I can win my prize. But if I try to run your race, I, I can't win your prize. I have to win my prize, and you have to win your prize. So we all contend for our prize. We don't contend for someone else's prize. Okay? So I contend for my prize, and I'm running the race so that I can get what God has for me. 
All right? So I can't compare myself to you. I can't compare myself to your situation. I can't compare myself to anything because my only reference is Jesus and the calling that he has for me. So the question is simply this, am I looking to Jesus? The question is simply this, am I doing what he called me to do? That's the only question, okay? So I have to look away from anything that distracts from those two things, me knowing Jesus and me doing what he called me to do, all right? Anything else is a distraction. <laughs> so um, obviously, knowing him, we can know him in everything, so it's not so restrictive that you, you, that you can barely believe the house. That's not the point. Um, it is about... Uh, being one with him and having fellowship with him and getting to know him in all things, okay? Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. You, uh, Proverbs 3 verse 5. So it's about knowing him, but then when you know him, he will call you into something. He will draw you deeper into something, and you do that because it flows out of you knowing him. So if I don't do what you do, it doesn't make me wrong and it doesn't make you wrong. If I do what I need to do, I'm winning my prize. And if you are focused on Jesus and you do what you need to do, you're winning your prize. And it doesn't have to be exactly the same. All right? So he says, verse 2, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Okay, so there we have it again, 2 Corinthians 3.18, 2 Corinthians 4.18. Look away from... from the light, the slight momentary affliction, the one who wrote it was stoned in Lystra. He was thrown to the lions in Ephesus. <laughs> he was in the open sea for how many days? He was, okay, so he, he had a bit of a raw deal sometimes, okay, but he kept his eyes on Jesus. All right, so look to the unseen. So Hebrews chapter 2 says much the same thing. He says, um, all things are subjected to man, but we do not yet see all things subjected to man, but we are able to see Jesus. So you need to see Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the Father in the unseen. And if you can see Jesus and his face as it is described in the word, then the glory will illuminate your heart, your soul, and will reflect from you and people will see Christ in your life, and nothing will be impossible. You need to turn your face to Jesus away from your distractions, away from your own vices, your own sin, your own issues, to Jesus. Okay, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, first incentive, and also its finisher, bringing it to maturity. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, so his prize is not necessarily the same as mine. So his prize was this. He had to go through the cross to get us. Now, if I look at the world, I don't see the people really as much of a prize. <laughs> so I'm so glad I'm not the Savior because maybe I wouldn't have saved everybody. <laughs> but Jesus can see what we can't see. So he went through all of it and he laid down his life to get the prize. And the prize was to, to wash us clean with his own blood. The prize was to, to bless everyone and fill us with the light and the glory life of Christ. Right? So that's the prize. His trophy is you. He, you are his trophy. He wants to lift you up as a trophy of his grace. 
So you are His glory. People say, oh yeah, God doesn't want to share His glory to another. You are not another. You are His body. Alright? So you are His glory. You are His prize. You are His trophy. Okay? So He went through it all to get you. So let's make it worthwhile. <laughs> <Let's laughs> well, does it help? He went through all of that and he's just got a lot of hard-hearted, stiff-necked, gainsaying people. You know, That doesn't really help. It makes, makes the cross of no effect. So, so let's work together. Let's receive the gospel and be obedient and let him do something in our lives. You know, Let's just, for one moment, just <clears throat> get our attention off of all our issues and try, stop trying to fix ourselves so that maybe he can just use us for something. He doesn't need you to be perfect. He just needs your attention. He's already perfect, and he's inside you. He can do anything. He just wants your attention so that he can do amazing things through you. That's all. Okay? So run your race. So he says, uh, just think of him who, no, wait, uh, if for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So that means he's entered the rest. It means he's, he's not striving. Okay, so now he's seated at the right hand, but Ephesians 2, 6 says we are seated with him. That means the true Sabbath rest. That means as we enter into the rest that he gives, Matthew 11. Okay, burdened, heavy laden, come to me, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. Take my burden. The burden is his works. The, the yoke is light, the burden is soft. Okay. So burden is light, the yoke is soft, other way around. Okay, so it means this. He removes all the trash that we struggle with, and he gives us himself that is light and life and that heals the sick and saves people and raises the dead, and, and it's filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Okay? So if you go through stuff, remember what Jesus went through. Okay? Remember, there's some people that went through stuff that gave you the gospel, like Paul and the other apostles. When you think it's bad if someone said something to you on social media, just get some perspective. Were you beaten 39 lashes three times? No. It's okay. Relax. Okay? Get your attention away from <clears throat> TikTok comments and just... Put it on the word of God. What does God say about you? I think that's a little bit more important. So he says, verse 3, Just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart, relaxing, and fainting in your minds. Hmm. So your mind won't grow exhausted. You will run and not get weary. Isaiah 40. They that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. Okay? You will not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart, relaxing, and fainting in your minds. So just look to the unseen. Just look to what Jesus did for you. All right. So, 
It's all scriptures that we know, that we hear every day. But I think this is an important word. Right. Here's the live chat on this thing. Okay. All right, so. Colossians 3 says, If then you've been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing His resurrection from the dead. You share His resurrection, man. We're past trying to get rid of stuff. We have, we have shared His resurrection. You have died, you, and Christ is alive in you. <laughs> he says, Aim at, seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated. So we know He's seated. There's treasures there. Seek it. That's your prize. Run your race to win your prize. So meditate. Seek it. Put your attention there. Verse 2. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things. Though it's unseen, it's above, it's higher. It's not above in elevation. It's above in quality. It's light and not darkness. <clears throat> set your minds. Keep, keep them set on what is above. Not on the things that are on this earth or the Touch, feel, see the natural stuff. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So it's unseen. Hidden. When Christ is alive appears, you will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So as you look, as you look, as you look, as you look, you're transformed. As you look, there's a greater weight of glory coming. As you look, as you look, as you look, He starts to appear in you. He starts to be reflected in you. Galatians chapter 3 says, <clears throat> Are you stupid, foolish, unreflecting, senseless, idiotic Galatians? Who has bewitched you? So who has cast a spell on you. Unto whom before your very eyes Jesus Christ was openly, graphically set forth, betrayed as crucified. So he has showed them the veil that was torn so that the glory can shine through. Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by doing the works of the law or by hearing a message and believing it? So believing means you have a picture in your heart and your mind. Believing means you start seeing something. You start seeing something in the unseen. That's believing. So now that word, oh, you silly, thoughtless, the word in the Greek is closely associated with unreflecting. Oh, you unreflecting Galatians. So what happened there was they started going back to Judaistic rituals, you know, stopped eating bacon and started maybe, you know, saying shalom on a Friday night and so on, you know? I don't know what they do. I don't care. Okay. So, I like to have hamburgers on a Friday night and watch a movie. So, he says, how are you going back to those dead stuff? Unreflecting. If we go back to the law to try and not do this, to do that, to not touch this, to, you know, don't speak with those people, don't do this, 
don't have fellowship with those people, you can't do this, you can't do this on a Sabbath, um, all those rules, you must eat that, you mustn't eat that, rules forbidding to marry, all kinds of things like that, if you read Colossians chapter 2. Unreflecting. The more rules, the less reflection. The more I try to change myself, the, re the less I reflect Jesus. Because my attention is not on Him, my attention is on me. If my attention is on me, I reflect me, and I've got nothing to give. But my, if my attention is on Him, I reflect Him, and He is the source of all things. Right? So if I want glory on my face, I should stop in the unseen, in my mind, in my heart. I should stop looking at myself. You only struggle because you're looking at yourself. Are you struggling with something? It is because you are looking at yourself. It's because you're looking at your own ability. So what is it? When you look at your circumstances and you see, oh, this happened, that happened, fear comes. So what does it do? It makes you depend on yourself. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I am afraid. What am I going to do? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What, wherewith shall we be clothed? He says, take no thought that will cause you to say. <laughs> Fear not. Don't take any thought. Be careful for nothing, Philippians 4. You know, the other one was Matthew 6. So don't look at the stuff around you that will cause you to fear and that will cause you to think and say, what am I going to do about this? Look to Jesus. Reflect Him. We have the same spirit of faith as Him who wrote, we believe and therefore we speak. We too believe and therefore we speak. All right, so keep your eyes on the unseen. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the source of, of the glory of God. Keep your eyes there, exalted, set on Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father. Have fellowship with Him. And out of that fellowship, speak words of faith and create your new realities. All right? The old story, I think I'm going to end with this. If you take something that can change, you take something that cannot change, and you press it together, the thing that can change must change, and the thing that cannot change will not change. <laughs> Just think of a rock and a sponge. A rock doesn't, you know, give. A sponge gives. So if you press the two together, the sponge will make way for the rock. And that is how it is with your realities. If you're going to stare at the sponge, the sponge is not going to give way. But if you're going to take the rock and you're going to press it to the sponge, the sponge will give way. So your situation needs to give way. Your situation can change. It changes all the time. But Christ cannot change. He's the rock of all ages. So insist on the truth because the truth is the truth and the truth cannot change and if you insist on the truth your realities must change when you start reflecting the truth in your life right this is the way to start changing things in your life stop looking at it <laughs> and look to jesus all right so i hope this message has blessed you so i i say this over and over, but I really believe it's an important word, all right? Also for interpersonal relationships and all that, same thing. I can only help my family, my friends, 
my colleagues, my whoever stands in whatever relationship, I can only be a blessing to them if I'm focused on Jesus. If I'm focused on them, I'm not a blessing to them at all. Then I'm sucking the life out of them. <laughs> all right. So be blessed. Have an amazing day. Remember, we have a healing service on Saturday night at 6. Please tell people about it. Please uh, share the stuff on social media about it. Um, uh, we would love to, to minister healing to some people. And uh, this is going to be like the last big meeting that we're planning for, for 2021. And basically in our old, old building. Then it's holiday, and then we pack, and then we move. So, so then uh, this is basically the last big thing happening in this building. So please share. Please come if you're in the area. Even if you're not sick, it would be great to have you here. <clears throat> it's twofold. It's healing the sick, but it's also anointing people to heal the sick. All right? So it's a healing, miracle anointing meeting. So, so come. Be blessed. Come and receive. Come and see the sick healed. All right? Tell everybody, and, uh, and that's that. So we'll see you again. Uh, what's today? It's Thursday. Okay, so tomorrow will be the last um, live devotional for 2021, so don't miss it. There's an email. Send us an email if you want to. Be blessed. We'll see you again tomorrow. Amen.